Jack, we've been so lucky lately. Had some of the most incredible guests on. We're learning from some incredible people. I'm having a, a really good time. So am I, Jesse. So am I. And guys, we only want this to continue and keep moving forward and attracting and talking to amazing guests and giving you guys as much value as possible. So to help us in doing that, please hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you listen to your podcasts on. That'd be much appreciated. And we'll keep the show on the road. In the world to us. Thank you. The four key steps to starting and growing a business. Jack, we've spoke to easily over a thousand brands now and how they've started their journey and how they've grown. And I'm really confident in these four steps that they've been really tried and tested. Yeah, I think so, Jesse. We've had you know countless conversations with business owners you know, about starting and, and growing a business. And these four seem to come up so often. And so I think, yeah, they're really going to give you guys a great idea of not only how to start, but also how to scale and, and grow a successful business. And I can't wait till we get into them especially step number four, Jesse. Oh, I think yep. that's the most important step out of all of them potentially. So we'll get there guys. But uh, first let's start at number one, Jess. Yeah. And, and just quickly, if you've already started a business, I recommend you skip straight to step two. This Because step one is how you start. And if you've already started, there's no value there. Move on. So guys, step one is we believe you've got to start solo for at least the first 12 to 18 months. Go out on your own, right, Jack? Yes, go out on your own, Jesse. I, that's kind of what I did. I, I did start with a business partner and then quickly went on my own for 12 to 18 months. And yeah, obviously from our experience, we feel like that is the best start. You're going to have to wear a lot of hats. You're going to have to you know, think about legal things, accounting, think about how the business operates, think about logistics, designing, marketing. There's so many things you're going to have to learn. It's overwhelming, 100%. Mm. Uh, which is great. I think that's great that you have an understanding for each each um, section and, and what that looks like in your business because, you know, being the, the sole business owner that you are, you, you have to understand all those different sections. So, for instance, if you're running a clothing brand, you're doing everything from creating the tech packs, sending those off to your manufacturer, communicating with all that back and forth. You're then damning your customers, making sure, you know, all your orders have gone out correctly, so you're packing those. It, the list goes on. You're, you're trying on the, to keep keep a tab on the books, absolutely. finances. Yeah, you're, you're probably speaking to a lawyer and an accountant. There's there's no shortage, guys. In and that, that's probably half of it, to be honest. <laughs> but it's good. It, look, it is overwhelming, and I will be honest with you: the majority of businesses will fail within that first twelve to eighteen months. Yeah. So it's extremely difficult, but there is a carrot at the end here. There is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So stick with us. Yeah, so I guess by going through that 12 to 18 months, this is kind of the carrot is you're going to find out a lot about yourself and more importantly, the strengths and weaknesses that you have as not only individual, but a business owner as well. And that's our second step. So strengths and weakness, you're going to have, it's a good, you're going to conduct an analysis of yourself and your business and they're pretty much one and the same. Mm. And, and you just have to be really honest with yourself at this point. No one, I, I mean, Jack and I even struggle with putting our weaknesses out there. It's a very vulnerable place to be. In fact, I would call around some friends. It's, you know, at the end of the day, maybe even you know people you've dealt with, your suppliers, any stakeholders that you've dealt with, just to give you a little, you know, a bit of intel because it can be really hard to to bear yourself down. Yeah, and you know, you're you usually look at yourself through rose-colored glasses, and you can put yourself on pedestals that maybe you're actually not standing on. So it's important to get external feedback as well to actually just confirm, you know, maybe what your strengths and weaknesses really are. 
Yeah, it's it's actually very common, you know, not to want to put yourself down. At the end of the day, you, you're doing your best. You you've got ten hats on. You know, there's no one in the world that is a great a lawyer, accountant, marketer, designer. You know, list goes on. There's no such thing. So don't be too harsh on yourself. But you also have to understand it's going to be a future problem if you don't point out where your weaknesses are. That's yeah. the most important thing. If you don't understand where those weaknesses are down the line, you'll be found out, and that takes us just takes us to step three. Step number three, look to hire and grow according to kind of the previous step in terms of what you need. So once you have your strengths and weaknesses, you're going to know now where what you're missing, what you need going forward and how you're going to grow the business. So this is where you potentially look to you know scale in terms of building that team. 100%. And now you've got a ton of options. You, you can hire a virtual assistant. So someone overseas, typically they're a lot cheaper and they'll do those mundane tasks that take you a lot of time. That's a, that's a great option straight off the bat. You can also look at subcontracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so someone who, you know, whether it's an accountant, for example, that you subcontract and you might meet with them once a month just so you can just go over your books and tidy everything up, but it's not a real financial pressure of having them on full time. Yeah, website developer, someone with a very specific skill set that you don't have, but you just pay them, you know, pretty sporadically to mm-hmm. come and help. Mm-hmm. It's another great option. One of my personal favorites is asking your friends for help. I've, you know, we're all blessed. A lot of these business owners I've spe- spoke to over the years have incredible friendship networks. Yep. And I think tapping into your friends, typically, you know, you will have a friend that's great with numbers. You'll have a friend that's very creative, great at designing. So give them a call and, you know, maybe give them a, if you're starting a t-shirt brand, just give them a free t-shirt. It goes a long way. Yeah, people are very willing to help, um, especially when it's something, you know, cool and exciting like a startup business. So reach out and you'd be surprised at how willing people are with their time and, and energy. So that's definitely a good one too. And then I think the fourth one, the fourth option that you have is bringing someone else on into the business as a partner or a full-time employee. So you can kind of look at this a few ways. And I think let's start with things are going really well. You have a lot of money in the bank you're probably going to look to hire this person on a part-time or full-time wage. And so that's obviously a great option. You know, another set of hands, someone with new skill sets that you probably don't have. That's why you're hiring them. So that's a great option for you. But if you're, if you are financially struck and you don't have much cash, which a lot of startups don't, you're going to have to incentivize that person in different ways. And that's probably where you're looking at providing some equity there, Jess. Yeah, you got to be wary here. I mean, it makes sense that you have no money in the bank. Most businesses, 12 to 24 months, continually reinvesting, right, in your product so and, you know, in your quantities. So it makes sense. Don't stress if you are, you know, running tight. But yes, it does put you in a compromised position. Um, and if you found someone that's great, that's working incredibly hard, you might want to incentivize them with some equity. Mm. Yeah, as I said, be wary because at the end of the day, you've worked your absolute backside off to not fail in that first 12 to 18 months. The last thing you want to do is just give up a large clump of your business. And by giving up a large piece of your business, that's decision-making. Mm, control. That's yeah. a lot of the control and the vision of where it's going to go. So yeah. that can make or break. One one good way to enter into that would be to go through a bit of a trial period. So that's something we um, tend to do is, you know, just if, if it is a friend that you're thinking about bringing on as a partner, give him a few tasks Um he or she, give he or she a few tasks um, and just see where they're at and see if they enjoy and if they're passionate about what you're doing before you enter into a you know long-term legal binding contract with them. 
Yeah, you don't know till you know. I think um, Mike Tyson had a, a saying, everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face. And you've been punched in the face many a time when you're wearing 10 hats doing the marketing, the legal. So you're aware of what it is to be in the real world and for the, the pressure. Um, potentially your friend might not or you know the, the next partner of your business might have never been within a small business environment. And it, coming off the back of COVID, it is incredibly difficult right now. So be very wary, as we've said. And this takes us to our fourth and most critical point, Jack. It's having, I'm going to swear here, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I'm not sorry because you're going to love me for it eventually. Having a fucking exit plan. An exit plan. Guys, write those two words down. Extremely important. We've seen countless businesses not do this one single step and it's undone their whole business. So it's going to be the straw that, that breaks the camel's back, this one, oh 100%. It, well, the thing with an exit plan is you don't know you need it till you need it. Till you need it, And yeah. that's too late because to just to quickly define an exit plan, essentially when shit hits the fan in your business, that could be, you know, someone gets incredibly ill. You have a simple disagreement that you can't resolve and or you just simply want to exit. You've had a, a change of heart. All these things are common. They happen all the time within businesses. But if you don't have a written contract that states what you're going to do when shit hits the fan mm. you're, you're going to be in an absolute stalemate and i promise you it is one of the worst places to be i know from personal experience to be honest with you but i also speak to very many brands that are going through this i i'm dead serious please take this seriously that you go and get an exit plan it doesn't have to be comprehensive you don't even need to call a lawyer. You can actually just Google a simple exit plan. Be resourceful. It's a yeah. few dot points, really, is yeah. it what we're talking about here. Because yeah. that'll stand up in the court of law, a simple exit plan that has your signature and your partner's signature will stand up. That's the agreement between you. Please, guys, I, I, I can't tell you how much this one means. Yeah, so this one's obviously for if you are bringing on a partner or someone that is going to have equity in the business, this is where the exit plan really comes in. And... It's basically a set of rules or clauses around how that looks if if that does get to that point. How someone leaves. Correct. Yeah. So I think uh, let's go through a couple of clauses or a couple of things you want to make sure are covered. A non-compete clause is probably a really important one to have in there. Well, it's not probably. It is a really important one to have in there. And that basically protects your IP and the IP of the business going forward. So whoever's left with the business moving forward, the business is going to be, you know, protect the assets and the goodwill that it's that it's earned up to that point. Yeah, for example, if I was to exit Jack and I start the next wholesaling clothing company next door, you know, what protection does Jack have? I understand all our trade secrets. There's no secret here though. We're, we're transparent with everything. You guys know that, so don't stress. But things like manufacturers. Yeah, manufacturers, all screen printers, all those types of things. But um, yeah, so that's that's incredibly important, Jack. And I think you can't put a dollar figure on your stress through those times and speaking to some small businesses at the moment that are going through it my heart goes out to them I don't, I don't say that lightly it's really tragic they've put in that 18 months of hard work and then it's all become undone because of this one thing yeah guys it please if you run a business and you're listening to this and you don't have an exit plan and you have a business partner do it this week tying into number two really well is both agree on a third party to come in and kind of conduct uh, that exit plan. So, you know, what your emotions are probably high potentially if you've exited um, on bad terms. So, you know, it's going to be probably hard to communicate with each other or other partners. So it's it's really important to have a third party to step in and kind of conduct 
conduct this process um, to just make it run smoothly for everyone and for it to be super objective and matter of the fact. So you guys, you definitely want that. You don't want to stalemate. You don't want to be going back and forth for six, 12 months over this kind of stuff. And, and that can happen and does happen a lot. And guys, that's our four steps. So just to summarize those quickly for you, in case you've forgotten, first, we're starting solo. We're going out for 12 to 18 months to learn about our brand. What's it all about? What do our customers want? What do the suppliers do? You need to learn every single do sector. Do I have a viable business here? Correct. <laughs> you go out and exist for a minute. Then moving forward, after you've done the hard work, and trust me, that first 12 to 18 months is going to be absolute, almost hell, but it's going to be worth it. So I don't want to say hell, but it's a hell that's worth it. <laughs> a roller coaster. A roller coaster. There you go. A scary bloody roller coaster. But long story short, you get to your strengths and weaknesses after that 18 months and you be really honest with yourself and you figure out where to go next. Where to go next? Look to hire and grow. If that's where the business is at, look to bring some people on, get some support. Uh, we ran through a few different options for you guys there. So there'll be plenty for you there. And then if you did bring on a partner and you have given someone else equity in your business, that's where that number four, the exit plan is going to be gold. Yep. Stop listening to us. Go get your exit plan sorted. Take care. Do it now.